You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. Right now, we all say say good morning to Dr. History. And I didn't know it, but you know both these folks. Oh, yes. For many years since, well, since they were born. Really? Their dad and I have been good friends for since the first grade. No kidding. That's when they still circled the wagons at night. That, and yeah, dirt had been found. I see. Rocks. I know. see. Tip your mic up just a little bit there, would you, Ken? Now, with these wonderful folks in the office that are representing Minicasha Sales, uh, what's on the agenda for Dr. History this morning? All right. When you think of Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, yeah. there was a certain group of men that uh, kind of chased them oh it was um the pinkertons the pinkertons yes you were trying to think if this old brain of mine wouldn't function (laughs) well i noticed you hesitated for a minute but there was a line in the movie that uh uh was used by paul newman frequently when they looked over their shoulder or they got up on a hill or whatever they kept looking down in the valley and paul newman would say who are who those, are those guys? guys? Well, we're going to tell you who those guys are. Okay, go ahead. Okay, two thousand in 2001, just a few years ago, Pinkerton and Burns International merged operations to become part of the Securities uh, Services USA, uh, and it actually brought together uh, the two most renowned private investigative firms in the world. So let's go back and see where that all started. So Pinkerton history dates back to 1850 in Chicago when Alan Pinkerton, the original private eye, founded Pinkerton's National Detective Agency. Now Pinkerton achieved national renown in 1861 when he uncovered and stopped an assassination plot on the life of Abraham Lincoln. Really? Yeah. Now, during the Civil War, Pinkerton organized America's first secret service. And, of course, his pursuits include Jesse James, uh, the Younger Brothers, the Dalton Gangs, and, of course, our good friends, the Wild Bunch, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Uh-huh. And that's where mo- a lot of people can relate back there. Okay. But Anyway, it isn't surprising that the man who has become uh, America's greatest detective and one of the world's most notable detectives was born to a family whose patriarch was a policeman. William Pinkerton, a police sergeant in Glasgow, Scotland, first heard uh, his newborn son on August 25th, 1819. So that's when he was born. Okay. So at an early age, the boy Alan Pinkerton showed a thirst for adventure that didn't always sit well with his mom and dad. Uh, bright and energetic, he often avoided his schoolwork to wander off for days hunting in the forest north of Glasgow or fishing in the Clyde River. And during a political riot which broke out in the city square, the elder Pinkerton was killed. So his dad died, uh, leaving the family with obviously without a father. And so young Alan left school and went to work first as a runner for a pattern maker, then as an apprentice in the Macaulay Cooperage Works. Cooperage, that's barrel makers. Okay? okay. So he became one of their sharpest craftsmen, uh, often making suggestions to improve both the quality and delivery of the barrels. Now, he was a pretty restless guy, as I mentioned. Uh, he joined a revolutionary, revolutionary group known as the Chartists, uh, which demanded a voice in the government in England. 
Uh, however, you know, back then, if you dared to make changes in England, you were not a popular person. Mm-hmm. And, and A lot of people lost their heads over it. They did, yeah. and it was a, a dangerous one. But uh, this, uh, Alan, he was a vocal, active participant, uh, 22 years old, uh, uh, so that's where he was. But even anyway, having been promoted to supervisor at the works and now earning a, you know, a pretty good salary for his wife, uh, Pinkerton wed this, uh, his Edinburgh native, her name was Joan Carfe, uh, in 1842. But their plans to spend a romantic honeymoon in the country inn were kind of smashed when a friend of the groom rushed in immediately after the wedding to warn of a company of soldiers marching that way to arrest Allen. Uh oh. The next morning, the new Mr. and Mrs. Pinkerton were on board a sailing ship headed for America. So, hmm. uh, you know, they were really escaping, and who knows what would have happened had they caught him being somewhat of a political uh, misfit, or I, yeah. I guess, whatever. Yeah. But anyway, for the most part, the voyage was pleasant. That is, until the ship encountered high gales and winds as it neared Halifax, Canada. The steersman was unable to keep their course against the turbulence and uh, went off course nearly 200 miles. Oh, just a mere pittance. Yeah, and still caught in the whirlpool of the coastal storm, lost from direction and bounced atop the waves like a feather. The ship at last floundered, rammed on a reef beyond the beaches of Nova Scotia. Now, I've read a lot of stuff, and that place is cold. It's cold water. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what did they do? Did they have any lifeboats or anything? Well, here's what happened. Pinkerton and his wife, as did most of the other passengers, lost everything they had, really? went down with the ship. Oh, my. And all the newlyweds owned were their clothes on their backs and a few pieces of silver in Alan's vest pocket. I see. Now, there was one possession, however, that Joan cherished most of all, her wedding ring. But that, uh-huh. too, was quickly removed from her person when the survivors of the shipwreck finally made their way to shore. So they were close enough they could get to shore. Why would she take off her wedding ring? Well, she she hasn't yet, oh, <laughs> I'll tell okay. you. So they're wet, they're tired, they're cold, they're black and blue from the pounding they took on the surf. And they collapsed on the beachhead only to be immediately surrounded by Indians mm-hmm. who demanded their trinkets. One Indian spotted the gleaming silver band on Mrs. Pinkerton's finger and insisted that she hand it over. Now, even though outflanked, her husband wanted to fight. I see. So he's surrounded so, by Indians. So what you're saying is Alan wasn't real smart. No. Well, he wanted to fight for that ring. I see. <laughs> but the captain convinced him that it was better to lose the ring than his life. Mm, that's so, a good thought. Anyway, it was aboard a rescue ship that retrieved the stranded passengers that Pinkerton resolved to settle in the United States. Uh, he originally thought he'd go to Quebec, into Canada. I see. But passing down the St. Lawrence Seaway, which separated uh, Canada from the U.S., he heard marvels of a town called Chicago that sat on the western edge of Lake Michigan and near the frontier. So spreading out by leaps and bounds, the settlement was quickly becoming a city that, in its sudden growth, needed all kinds of workers. Uh Now, Pinkerton believed that a barrel maker might do just fine in a city like that that was growing. Uh, It needed uh, tools, clothing, food, medicine, uh, and a lot of this stuff was transported by barrels. Really? Yeah. So this might be a good time for a break, Zeb, yeah. if you want to do that. Let's roll out the barrel. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, of course, Dr. History, brought to you by Minicasha Sales at 1321 East Main Street in Burley, right across from the airport. And, Zach, uh, tell us a little bit about, uh, you know, you got a great location, and what are your hours over there? We're in the store from 8 in the morning till 4. 
4.35 or just whenever the customers are done coming in. Okay, and then also we want to stress the fact that you've got all the roofing material, you've got all the carpet, and people can come in there, they can tell you exactly what they need or how much, and you can figure it all up and give them a bid, right? Yes, if we don't have what they need, if they give us a couple days, we can have it there for them. Okay. Now, what about this little lady over here? She's got a business right out in front, and we'll tell everybody to stop in and see her too, right? Yes, that's Abby with Brain Freeze. That's her little summit project that she's going to do. Well, I tell you what, folks, stop over to Minicasha Sales, 1321 East Main Street in Burley, and a lovely lady that has done so many times on our program, our Pledge of Allegiance, Abby runs that, uh, it's not really shaved ice, and is it shaved ice and ice cream, right? Light a mix in between, and it's called Brain Freeze, right? All right, stop over and see Abby and Minicasha Sales. Zach, thanks so much for being here this morning. We appreciate it. Thank you, Zach. You betcha carpet and windows and all the remodeling needs for your home. And uh, also, right out in front, Brain Freeze with Abby. And stop over and see them today. Minicasha Sales, 1321 East Main Street in Burley. And now back to Alan Pinkerton, the barrel maker, soon to be detective. All right, so the couple disembarked above Detroit, Michigan. There they bought a wagon and a horse, some cooking utensil, dried meat, and headed west and uh, on their way to Chicago. Now, for shelter, they stayed in uh, sometimes people's barns. They had no money for lodging. When their food was gone, they lived off the fat of the land. And you could do that back then. You know, you could shoot a deer or a rabbit or something. Yeah. But anyway, they reached Chicago. Pinkerton sold the horse and wagon for lodging in a hotel. Uh, near the lakefront, and Chicago proved to be exactly what the rumors had claimed. N- not exactly a pretty place, but uh, they, he fell into some other Scotsman, and Pinkerton learned that a place called Lil's Brewery in downtown area was hiring barrel makers. Mm-hmm. Pinkerton went to work and soon received his first American paycheck. So Lil's Brewery provided the Pinkertons with a stability that they hoped uh, for, uh, enough money to live decently and have a little left over for recreation. But, you know, the winters in Chicago are rough. Oh. And I've never, I've just heard stories. I have been there. Yeah. But life overall w- was pretty good. Um, and but, you know, Pinkerton, as I mentioned earlier, he was kind of a restless kind of guy. Yeah. Uh, to settle down just building barrels, well, he wanted his own shop. And he had heard that a small town called Dundee, 40 miles from Chicago, uh, served a huge farming community. But it didn't have, uh, and it's called Cooperage, it lacked, which is the term for barrel maker. I see. Cooperage. So envisioning the possibilities, he packed up the family and they headed to Dundee and opened up a small shop. And little did he know that the, about, he was about to change careers, mm-hmm. and, which set the pace for the rest of his life. Which is good because we've only got nine minutes left. <laughs> We're going to hurry. So business uh, prospered from one workroom. It enlarged. He had 10 craftsmen working for him 12 hours a day, six days a week. Again, demand for barrels was more than even he could anticipate. But he kept up, and he was an honest man who delivered what he said. So he had integrity. So anyway, he soon found himself the father of a boy and then followed twins. So 
he had three children by now. Now, wanting to keep costs at a minimum, uh, he saw no reason to buy poles to make barrels when they could be had for nothing. So one day, he left his shop in charge of his foreman. He rode out to an island in the middle of a river to cut down his supply of trees for, for his own wood. Now, it was commonly supposed in Dundee that the island was uninhabited. Uh-huh. But... Pinkerton, a pretty observant guy, noticed the grass and bushes were bent back, kind of making a path from the shore. Now, of course, being curious, he followed it, and in the thick strand of trees, he found a campsite that appeared to be used quite regularly. Uh Uh-oh, bad guys. All right. So when he returned, he told the sheriff of his discovery. Now, he knew that the lawmen in the country had been unable to pinpoint a band of roving counterfeiters who had been spreading bills throughout Illinois. Oh, my. And this is where the pot thickens. Yeah. (laughs) The plot. Several men were suspected of the forgeries, but as the counterfeit money had not been found on them, an arrest was impossible. So uh, Pinkerton decided that the island was a good place to hide the money. So obvious that it was overlooked. So the sheriff, nobody else even thought that it could be that close. So for nearly a week, Pinkerton and the sheriff paddled out to the island to crouch in the bushes, waiting to see what happened. And the wait was not too long. On the fifth evening, they, uh, there was a parade of men who came out of the bushes digging. Some carried shovels, others full bulging flour sacks. Uh-oh. Well, thrusting their shotguns out before him, Sheriff Yates and the deputized Pinkerton uh, appeared. They arrested the stunned men, who were obviously totally surprised. Now, the town was so impressed with Pinkerton, with his coolness uh, in the face of danger, that they asked him to uh, help uncover the leader of this counterfeit ring. Now, they suspected a guy by the name of Crane. Okay, that's about all they had to go on. So the council wondered, could Pinkerton follow this man to see uh, actually another suspect? Could he follow him and be led to this guy named Crane? Mm-hmm. So uh, the council gave him $125, which was a lot of money at that time, yeah. actually. He took on the assignment. He struck up a communication conversation in a saloon with a guy named John Craig. It was kind of the, one of the underlings of Crane. I see. And he said, you know, this." Uh, he talked to this guy. He says, you know, Crane's slipping up. He says, I'm going to take over this counterfeiting ring. Oh. So he Loose got... Loose lips Yeah. So... Uh, um, he says, you know, I, I've got some investors that want to invest in this and, and, and counterfeit money. And anyway, uh, this Craig guy said, okay. And they shook hands and they parted. And um, anyway, uh, as things got a little better and a little uh, time went on, uh, they aligned with the Chicago authorities. Pinkerson set up this sting operation. And two plainclothesmen watched from the side as Pinkerton entered this dingy lit hotel bar took a seat beside Craig, and as the deal was being cut, the police swung out to grab Craig by his shoulders. You're under arrest, one of them shouted. And Pinkerton, he was certain the counterfeit money would disappear in the Midwest, at least for a season, and he was correct. Hmm. So just by this arrest and sting operation, that kind of pretty well finished off the counterfeiting. Yeah. So anyway, the county sheriff was so impressed with his quick thinking that uh, he offered Pinkerton a full-time job on his staff as investigator, having uh, felt good about what he'd done, enjoying the glow it gave him, and 
Probably a little pride, you know, his oh, name out there. Sure. I mean, what more could you say about a barrel yeah, maker? You're, you're kind of famous. Yeah. So with his family, he re- relocated back to Chicago, no longer to produce barrels, but to defend the law of this new country that so far had treated the Pinkertons really well. I'll be. So before the year 1848 would end, he would accrue the highest number of arrests for burglaries and murders than any other of the more experienced officers in Chicago. Ooh. So he, he just really took to this. Yeah. So now we move ahead a little. 1850, Alan Pinkerton founded his detective agency based on his own principles. And as I mentioned, he was an honest guy, had so integrity. So he didn't really go to school to be a detective. No, no, he I didn't. See. So, but his values became the cornerstone of a respected agency that, as I mentioned, still exists today. Yeah. Now, his reputation preceded him during the Civil War. He headed the organization responsible for spying on the Confederacy. Really? So it was also a spying group, if you want to say. But anyway, at the war's end, he went back to running uh, the Pinkerton Detective Agency until his death, July 1st, 1884. And at his death, the agency continued to operate and would soon become the major force against the young labor movements developing in the United States of America. Really? In fact, his effort against labor tarnished the image of the Pinkertons for years. And there was a time when, uh, I believe it was either Carnegie or one of the more famous men that helped develop America, they uh, hired the Pinkertons to come and break up these guys that wanted to have a union. Really? And there were people that were killed. And uh, so there was kind of a bad mark on the Pinkertons there for a while. Yeah. Uh, but uh, like I say, they were involved in a lot of activity, activities against labor uh, into the 19th and 20th centuries. And then I mentioned, I know we're about out of time, uh, Harry Longbow and uh, Robert Leroy Parker, which, you know, 19, uh, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, they held up the Winnemucca National Bank in Nevada and then headed for South America with their proceeds, all the while being pursued by, who were those guys? The Pinkertons. The Pinkertons. <laughs> oh, my but, goodness. You know, before the Wild Bunch actually made their escape, uh, uh, they supposedly got shot. Uh, they were... Uh, well, actually, do you remember? You remember the picture they had taken of themselves? Yeah, that famous picture. Yeah. Well, that that actually, was not the smartest move. No, because the Pinkertons used that to to identify these yeah. guys. Yeah. But anyway, like I say, they made their way to Argentina, where they tried to live a peaceful life, but that didn't settle too good. They robbed a bank. Uh, some men were killed, and one thing another. And anyway, supposedly they were killed, and the fact that the Pinkertons didn't believe it was them. Uh, they continued their search for many years after this supposedly happened. So Absolutely. That's uh, the story pretty much of the Pinkertons and Alan Pinkerton, uh, who continues to this day. And by the way, when the question is asked, who are those guys? <laughs> you know the answer. The Pinkertons. The Pinkertons. Tear it out there. Dr. History. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.